Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn there. Proverbs 3, verse 21. Now, there are common sayings uh, that we are all familiar, familiar with, or most of us are familiar with. There are things uh, that maybe we learned growing up, common sayings, things that, um, that we learned. And, and if, for example, if I say uh, this, what goes up must come down, right? We understand that. Uh, play with fire and you'll get, you'll get burned, right? Uh, sink or sink or swim, right? So there are these things that have an element of truth that, that we've heard, and there are many other uh, things. And uh, this morning, what I want to do is spend some time out of the book of Proverbs. And uh, I want to pray that God would give us uh, wisdom for our life, uh, wisdom in the practical areas uh, of our life, because God's word is filled with so much, cover to cover. We're blessed. We're given insight into the spiritual, into the eternal, into the, the deep mysteries, into the things that, that we, we can, with a glimpse and with the power of the Holy Spirit, we could understand. But um, there are things also in God's word that are the practical things that help us in our day-to-day -day life. And this morning... That's what we're going to spend some time uh, talking about. And it's rooted in the spiritual. It's rooted in the eternal, of course, because it's out of God's word. But it, it, there's some things that I want to talk about uh, this morning that I believe are going to help us uh, in our lives. And uh, Pro the book of Proverbs is known as the book of wisdom. If you haven't read Proverbs, I encourage you to spend some time because um, you'll be blessed from the practical areas and things of your life. Uh, there's so much there to learn. So we're going to we're going to read Proverbs 3, 21 through 24, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to ask the Lord to help us this morning. Proverbs 3, 21 through 24. You ready? All right, let's do it. The Bible says, my child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Another translation for discernment says discretion. Do not lose sight of common sense and discernment or discretion. Hang on to them, for they will refresh your soul. They're like jewels on a necklace. They keep you safe on your way, and your feet will not stumble. How many of us are liking this so far? This is good stuff, right? It's God's word, amen. You can go to bed without fear. You will lie down and sleep soundly. This morning I wanna minister a message entitled Common Sense and Discretion. Let's bow our heads this morning as we pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, God. We're so grateful for your mercy and for your grace, God. We're so grateful, Lord, uh, that, you, that you are here, here with us, Father God. Your word says that you abide in the praises of your people, Father, and we just thank you for being here. We pray that you would teach us. Holy Spirit, teach us your word. Teach us in all things, Lord. Give us understanding of what you're saying this morning, God, that we would walk out of here uh, different, Father God. Change, Father God, that we would walk out of here encouraged, Father God, understanding what it is to have that common sense and discretion that you've, you've given us, Father God. We just pray for your strength and for your help, God. I pray, Lord God. None of me, all of you this morning, Father God, have your way. We ask in Jesus' name. We all say, amen. amen. Common sense and discretion. Now, common sense is a term given to our shared understanding of what is fundamentally right and true. It comes from that place. It's when you know things you, didn't, you did not know you knew. 
understanding things that you cannot begin to explain. That's common sense. It is that gut feeling that we get that defies reason or explanation. And how many know that uh, common sense today can be something that may be lacking as we look out in the world, right? People are trying to reinvent things and thinking that as the Bible calls it sin or something to stay away from that, if they repackage it or call it something different, then all of a sudden it becomes okay and it becomes something that we can follow after. This morning we're going to be speaking truth out of God's word. Aren't you thankful for that? There's still somewhere in this world, in this universe that we can go to for absolute truth, and that's God's word. And that's what we're going to be speaking out of this morning and learning from. Thank you, Jesus. Now, the definition of discretion the quality of having or showing discernment or good judgment. Now, God wants us to be blessed in this life. As a father, as our father, he doesn't desire, he doesn't take pleasure when, when we make decisions that mess our lives up, that get us into places that, that he doesn't want us to be. It breaks God's heart when he, he clearly gives us his word and he gives us wisdom from on high. He gives us the Holy Spirit to teach us in all things, but still we can make bad decisions. Why? Because we refuse the common sense and the discretion that we should live by. And Sometimes we're surprised and we're, we're, we're crying and we're, we're brokenhearted and we're going through all these trials. Why? Because we have pushed off common sense and discretion, and we think it doesn't apply to me. I can get by. I'm the one person that can get by unscathed from this situation because I'm different. We're just fooling ourselves when we think of that. So God help us this morning. Common sense and discretion. So we're going to look at a few things uh, this morning, and I pray that we're ministered to, we're reminded. Many of these things are going to be a reminder for us to, to heed God's word in these areas so that, that we can be blessed and we could achieve all that God has for us and we can live how God wants us to live. The first thing is a simple truth that we must flee from sin. That's still a topic that we could talk about this morning in God's house. Yes, it is. We should flee and always flee from sin. It's not an outdated topic. It's not something that doesn't apply anymore. The Bible from cover to cover instructs us and gives us so many examples that we must flee from sin in our lives. If we're going to make it to where God wants us to be, if we're going to please God, we have to flee from sin. We have to have the, can I say, the common sense to flee from sin. Now, there's an amazing passage in God's Word in Genesis chapter 39. And the story here is about Joseph. And if we learn to remember our Sunday school teachers teaching us about Joseph, Joseph was someone that was, that was done wrong. He was someone that was betrayed by those closest to him, by those that were supposed to protect him and guard him and, and lead him in the right way. He was betrayed by the very ones that he called his family. And it's amazing. It's an amazing story from the young age Joseph was favored by his father, but then his brothers, uh, they got jealous. They sold him into slavery, and through the passage of time, he found himself in a place in, in the home of his Egyptian master, Potiphar. And that's where our story picks up here. And the, the, the lesson here is Joseph was tempted. Okay, There's many things that we could pull from this passage, but understand that he was tempted. Genesis, Genesis 39, 2. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded and everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. So you get that? He succeeded in everything he did. The Lord was with him, all right? Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success 
in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. Talk about a promotion. Joseph was blessed and he was empowered by Potiphar. He was entrusted. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Okay, we're talking about common sense this morning. If God is blessing you, if God is doing it, and I believe he is, he's doing a wonderful work in your life. We have to understand, we have to have common sense to know that there is an enemy out there. That he despises when God blesses you. He despises that, that God is using you. He despises that, that your marriage is blessed. He despises that, that your children are coming to church and, and being brought up in the things of God. He despises that, that your household fears the Lord. He despises this. So understand, when God brings you good success, there's an enemy lurking. And he's going to desire to disrupt that. He's going to desire to tempt you, to pull you out of the promises that God has for you. If God's doing a good thing in your life, and I know he is, you have to understand, and as part of the equation, and common sense would tell us, biblical common sense, that there's an enemy lurking, and he's going to try to disrupt what God's doing in your life. And here we see it happened way back in, in, in the book of Genesis, and it's, it happens today. So listen, here we go. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. We see where this is going. So as we jump to verse 7, and Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. Demanded. Now let's jump to verse 11. One day, however, uh, no one else was around, and he went to do his work. She came, Potiphar's wife, she came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. What happens after that is the big question. It's the crux here of what happened in Joseph's life. He was in a place of decision. He could have went after his lust. He could have lived according to lust. He had a decision to make, or he could live according to righteousness. So see, there are areas in our life where God's working and God's moving, doing great things in our life, but here comes the enemy to, to disrupt through, through, through temptation. And if we're not careful, we see the amazing story of Joseph and how, how after this, and we're going to get to it in a moment, but how God just continued to exalt him to where he was second in command in all of Egypt, right under Pharaoh. Pharaoh back then was, was considered a god in, that, in, in their culture, in their religion. He was considered a god, and Joseph was right under him. God elevated him. But you know, that never would have happened if Joseph didn't have the common sense, the wisdom and discretion to flee from sin. And perhaps some of you this morning in this place are hearing my voice online, perhaps there's a situation in your life and the enemy is tempting you and, and perhaps you're meddling with that temptation. You're letting, it, you're letting it just have its way and you're starting to consider, it, uh, consider that and you're letting it entice you. God's word, flee from sin. Flee, run the other way, run away from it. She said, come and sleep with me. Jo what did Joseph do? Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand and ran as he ran from the house. He ran out of there so fast that, that she, was, she had such a hold on him, but he just, he just left his cloak and he ran. He ran away from that sin. And because of that, we're able to read 
additional chapters and stories about Joseph and how God continued. Although there was trial and situations and Potiphar had to, they had to put him in prison, but we read at the end result of this that he was redeemed with his brothers. He got to see his father again. He was put second in command in Egypt. He was blessed above and beyond. Why? Because he fled from sin. He fled. Thank you, Jesus. And what are you going through this morning? Perhaps you're being tempted. Perhaps God's doing a great work in your life, but perhaps something's going on at work or there's a, a relationship trying to come your way, trying to, trying to trip you up from where God wants you to be. It's a smoke screen. It's a, it's a distraction. Do you know when the, the first time we heard about Satan in the Bible, the first thing that we read, what is he doing? He's whispering lies to Eve. He's telling Eve, your God is not enough. Don't listen to what God said. Although it was very clear what God's command was, he whispered to Eve. That's the first thing we hear about the enemy in, in the Bible. He's whispering lies. And that's what he'll do to us if we have an open ear to it. He'll whisper lies. God's not enough. God didn't really mean that. Your husband's not enough. Your wife's not enough. Go look for something else there at work or with that coworker or go do this or that or, or God's providing for you or, or don't, you know, work for a, a, you know, sacrifice all that God's doing for you for a few dollars more and the enemy will continue to whisper if we let him. We have to resist the devil because Joseph's decision to flee from sin, he was blessed by God. What would you have done in a situation like that? It's common sense and discernment and discretion that will keep us out of dangerous situations. And you know what it is, we know, we, we can't lie to ourselves. We might be involved in, in certain, taking certain steps to get to a certain direction and it's the wrong way and you know in your gut it's wrong. You need to flee from it. Today if you need to stop that progression, you need to stop that direction and run towards righteousness, amen. Thank you, Jesus. This is a warning for some this morning. The Bible says walk circumspectly. That means be careful of how you walk. Be careful. Watch your steps. I was reading this story here. It's so tragic. It's a sad story, but it gives us a picture of what it means to watch your step. A visitor to Montana's Glacier National Park died after one wrong step led to a 100-foot Fall. Park authorities say a 26-year-old man was taking photos by a creek on a scenic mountain road in the park when he fell into the water. According to his brother, such a tragic story, according to his brother, this man had stopped to look at a waterfall but was only wearing flip-flops and he lost his footing. One step, he was swept into a culvert that carried him beneath the road and then spit him out over a cliff for a hundred foot fall to his death. One step, one wrong step. And church, that's all it takes, one wrong step, one bad decision. When God's Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's there to teach us and to guide us and lead, to lead us in the right, right way, we have to walk circumspectly because run, one wrong step can damage it. One wrong step can be fatal. We're in a generation now that wants to blend in with the world. Can you say amen? We're in a generation that, that wants to see how close they may be able to get to, to the line of worldliness and carnality, but be still righteousness and godly. 
They want to sound, someone to sound like the world. Some want to dress like the world. They want the best of both worlds. But how many know that the Bible says that, that we're in the world, but we're not part of it? Amen. That's still truth today. That although we have to live in the world, we're, we're not of it. We shouldn't sound like the world. We shouldn't, we shouldn't take on what the world says is okay. We should take on what God's word says is okay. Common sense and discretion. Remember with Jesus in, in, in the gospel and all of his word, whenever he was asked a question, there was no ambiguity. He was, he was truthful. He spoke the truth. There was no question of where he stood. But as some people today, their, their stance on this or that, well, they, oh, well, it's not really my place to say. People are driven by fear. They're afraid to say the truth. But how many know what the truth does? The Bible says the truth will set us free. If there's people asking us the truth, they're open to it. We can't live according to fear because we're robbing the world from that deliverance that they ultimately desire if we're not going to speak the truth. There's no question of Jesus' stance. The truth will set them free. So we have to flee from sin. We have to be able to have the common sense and discretion to see the end of that thing, that thing that is tempting you and I had said this before, and it's God's word, that there's basically, you know, three categories when it comes to temptation. You know, the lust of the flesh, the things that make you feel good, the lust of the eyes, the things that, that appeal to your eyes, the things that look good, or the pride of life, the things that, that make you prideful and make you look better and make you, make you seem like you have it all together. There, you could categorize all temptation into those three categories. So you have to be able to identify it when it comes to you so that you know where to flee, run the other way. See the end of that tempting interaction, perhaps with that coworker who was up to no good at work, desiring to trip you up. See the end result of sacrificing the great work that God's doing in your life for maybe a few dollars more. The, the devil desires to rob you. See the damage that living according to your emotions and only your emotions, see how that can damage your life. We're not called to, to live according to emotions. Can you say amen? We're emotional people. We get emotional. Things happen. Of course, God's created us like that, but we're not called to make decisions based on emotion. We're called to make decisions based on what's right according to the Word of God. Yes, today I may, I may get mad. I may get angry. Something, something may happen that may just, just cause me to be so angry, but, but common sense and discretion and wisdom would tell me, Matt, slow down. Take a breath. Just wait it out, trust in God, and make the right decision. Because if I act according to emotion, I can mess it all up in a second. In a second. We walk by faith, not by sight. And let me just say this for a moment. We're talking about wisdom and discretion. And there's an element of faith that comes into everything that we do. Let me give you an example. We're, we're currently in, in, a, in a building pledge, right? And, and uh, we're going to be redoing the roof here uh, at the church. And, and, and it's gonna, it, it rests on our shoulders. Us that call this our home, our church, right? And, and the challenge came out for pledges. And some may say, and don't be deceived here, some may say, oh, well, it's common sense. I really can't afford it, so I'm just not going to do it. But see, we walk by faith, not by sight, right? We walk by faith, not by sight. So, so don't use that in common sense and discretion as, as an excuse not to walk by faith. Because here's the truth here. It's, it's, it's like this with, with my kids, right? 
If I have the wisdom as a father to know what's best for my kids, they don't always have to understand how it's going to work out, but they just know that dad said not to do this. There's a reason for it. There's, there's because it's, it's not my first rodeo. I, I, I can see clearly what's going to happen, so I say, don't do this. And sometimes I may explain, or sometimes I just may say no. And see, in, in, in the kingdom of God, God said, if God's challenging you to give, the Holy Spirit is challenging you to give, and he's even gone as far as giving you a number. You may say, oh no, well common sense and discretion says, you know, that's not God. No, but God wants to bless you. See, fathers knows best, right? So if God's giving you, if God's putting that on your heart, do what your father says, do what the Holy Spirit's telling you because there's a blessing he's waiting to give you. So don't deceive ourselves, and I don't want to use that as a cop-out, so we just have to understand that we walk by faith and not by sight. Father knows best. If he's challenging you, do it. That's common sense. That's discretion. As God's putting it on my heart and he's challenging me to do this, common sense, spiritual common sense is telling me I got to do this because he's going to be able to bless me. Amen. So we have to flee from sin. Proverbs 6, 27. Can a man scoop a flame into his lap and not have his clothes catch on fire? This is, again, this is Proverbs. Can he walk on hot coals and not blister his feet? If there's any meddling with sin, if there's any giving in to sin, we have to stop it right now and seek God, seek righteousness, because you will be burned by sin. You will. Mark God's words. It's God's truth. You will be burned by sin. You will be disappointed. You will be down and out. It may seem like it's going good, and, and, and you're not seeing any consequences right now, but the Bible says God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. So flee from sin. Secondly, keep first things first. Always keep God. We're talking about common sense and discretion. Keep God first in your life. He, was, he should also always be our first breath, our first consideration. If there's anything that you're considering getting involved in, you have to ask, does this please God? Ask that question to yourself. If it doesn't, then don't do it. Romans 12.1, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. This, uh, the kind he will find acceptable, this is truly the way to worship him. Sacrifice. Serving God involves sacrifice. Living for God involves sacrifice. What does that mean? It's not going to always feel good physically sometimes. Sometimes God's going to push your faith and he's going, to, he's going to lead you into places where you may not have total understanding, but continue to obey him and sacrifice and you're going to see God move powerfully in your life. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart. Again, this is Proverbs. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Keep God first. We have to understand that the path to righteousness in heaven is still narrow, right? It's narrow. Isn't that what the Bible says? The path is narrow. What does that mean? It's not going to be popular. There are many walking out there in this world. It's the broad way. They're walking to destruction. But we're called to walk the narrow path to be an example, to serve God and get to where he's called us to, to be. Matthew 7, 13. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. So don't be surprised when it's not popular. Don't be surprised when your stand for righteousness is not popular. Don't be surprised the Bible says a highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. Moving on, common sense and discretion. Help your fellow man. That's still gospel. 
that's still true. It's not only about you and what you can get. Help those near to you. Help those that you can help. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians 10, 24. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. You know why yesterday was, just, was so amazing? There's so many reasons why yesterday was so amazing. During, uh, during cleanup, during teardown, everyone's working together. Everyone's helping out. Everyone's working in, in unity, in unison. Everyone's helping one another. They're helping the cause of Christ. They're, they're there to help each other. It's a beautiful thing to see. Don't be, don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. There's a story in Luke 10. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read the entire story, but for your notes, it's Luke chapter 10, verse 30 through 36. We've heard this story about the Good Samaritan. There was a Jewish man that was traveling uh, from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. And what does the story say? And it's so profound here because he was there laying beat up on the side of the road, and, and a few people came his way. It says that a priest came along, and he saw this man lying there. He crossed to the other side of the road. A priest, a man of God, that should have understood that I have to help my fellow man. But no, the Bible says he, he stepped to the other side of the road. A temple assistant then came by, and he walked over, and he looked at him lying there, but he also passed to the other side. And then, in verse 33, a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. How many do you think were justified in God's eyes were, that, that God found favor on? Was it the priest in this action? Was it the temple assistant? No. It was the good, the good Samaritan. And you know what's ironic about this story is that the Samaritans were despised. They were despised by the Jewish people. The Jews would call them half-breeds. The Samaritans built their own temple, which the Jews considered pagan. There was a big feud between the Jewish and the Samaritans. But who do you think in this instance pleased God? It was a good Samaritan because he saw and he felt compassion. It doesn't matter how high up you get, in ministry, it doesn't matter how uh, high you get up in your job or, or status or whatever it may be. Never think that we're too high to help someone that needs a helping hand. Help your fellow man. It's the best thing you can do. It's the most Christ-like thing that you and I can do. Help your fellow man. Help your neighbor. Help your coworker. Help your brother and sister. Help those that are near to you. And while it's in your power to help them, help them. And my last point here, and I want to spend a moment on this, is that we have to stand for truth. Again, these are things that, that we've heard and we understand, but this is a reminder, brother and sister, that you have to stand for truth in this world. When truth is such a concept that is foreign to people, now it's just all based on whatever makes you feel good. That's what they call truth. Whatever works for you, that, that, that's, that's all you need to obey. But there is still the truth of the word of God, and you and I have to stand for truth. And again, as I mentioned, we must not be surprised when it is not a popular decision or it's not well favored by the masses. But if God called us to do it, then what? We must do it. Stand for truth. Obey it and do what is said in God's word. Be an example at your workplace, be an example uh, in your ministry, be an example in your household, be an example among your brothers and your sisters and your parents, be an example, stand for truth. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, there's a path before each person that seems right, but it leads to death. Man, in this world, in this day and age today, 
People see this as right and that as right and it works for me and it makes me feel good so I'm gonna do it. But what does the Bible say? It ends in death and God doesn't desire that people would perish. We have to understand that the truth, church, is clear. It's clear. It's right here. It's right here. If God's word says it, we must do it. If God's word says stay away from it, we must stay away from it. Are you always going to understand the why and the how? No, it's not our place to do that, but we have to obey. Understand that the truth is clear. Don't worry about pleasing people all the time. Don't be a people pleaser. Be a God pleaser. Praise God. And as you please God in the long term, you're going you're gonna to gain that favor there in your workplace. You're going to be someone that can be entrusted and counted upon as we, as, we, as we obey God, as we obey something bigger than ourselves. We're going to be entrusted. Don't always consider being a people pleaser, but consider what God says. Even if it's unpopular and it's difficult, then do it. Then stand, stand for righteousness. You won't be disappointed. Our text says regarding common sense and discretion, hang on to them for they will refresh your soul. Hold on to that. Hold on to common sense and discretion. Hold on to them with all, with all your power. They're going to refresh your soul. I want to speak here to the young ones in this place for a moment. God's given you so much. Perhaps our young adults, anyone hearing my voice, teenagers, kids. God's entrusted you with so much. He's given you so much. He's given you purity. He's given you innocence. It's an amazing and it's a beautiful thing. Protect it. Understand that there's an enemy that would come to just desire to, to sift you as wheat. That would desire to destroy what God's given you that wants to see you destroyed and everything that God's blessed you with, he wants to steal it away from you. If you could hear my voice this morning, please heed these words. Protect what God's given you. Don't trade it in for anything. Value what he's given you. And I remember... I remember being a teenager uh, serving God. I remember being a teenager serving God in a secular school. I remember the temptations. I remember uh, uh, feeling unpopular because of the decisions uh, that I had to make to be Christ-like. And by God's grace, and only by God's grace and power, he kept me. I remember times when, when the... the uh, the popularity thing, I mean, I would have to sometimes spend uh, lunches there with me or just a few because I didn't want to partake in, in the sin that was going on. I didn't want to partake in those, those, those conversations. I, I, I wanted to allow God to do something in my life. And by God's grace and his strength, I was able to stand. And wherever you're at, God can keep you if you want to be kept. Wherever you're at, you can stand. If you want to stand, if you have that desire, you can do it by God's power. Don't trade it in for anything. Be patient. Trust God. Know that your sacrifice that you're making is an investment into your future. Young person, there's blessings waiting for you. You have to hold on to Christ. If it's the unpopular thing at your school, perhaps, or it's the unpopular thing with your friends, Don't desire to be popular and liked by, by people just to be liked. Desire to do what God's called you to do. You, I guarantee it, you won't be disappointed. It may feel hard right now. It may be a tough thing to say. It may, it may be a tall order 
for you, but do it and hold on to Christ and you're going to be blessed. Now listen to this. For the young ones that may think and see that they know it all, listen to this, and you've probably heard this. The brain, listen about the brain development. The brain finishes developing and maturing in the mid to late 20s. You ever been a teenager, you thought you knew it all? Remember that? Remember, think of some of the things that you believed and you said. You thought you knew it all. All right, no judgment because your brain just wasn't done developing, all right? Now you know why your parents have to be patient with you. Because you think you know it all. Oh, I know, Dad, I know, Mom, you know it all. No, your brain is not even done developing, so don't tell me that you know it all. The brain finishes developing and maturing in the mid to late 20s. The part of the, listen to this, the part of the brain behind the forehead called the prefrontal prefrontal cortex is one of the last parts to mature okay this area is responsible for skills planning prioritizing and making good decisions parents now we could say it makes sense now that's why they're acting like that that's why they're saying that they know they just don't know right now why because your brain's not done maturing so young person it's not it's just it's not an attack on who you are but just according to Science, right? We could talk about science. It's okay. According to science, your brain's not done developing. Listen to your parents. Parents are, yeah, right. <laughs> Listen, they've been through some things, and although they don't know it all, they know a lot more than you. Keep that in mind when you want to make rash decisions. Now listen to this. Again, young person, with, God's, with, with love and grace, I, we say this to you because we care and we don't want you to end up in a bad place. Ecclesiastes 11.9, young people, it's wonderful to be young. This is right out of God's word. Enjoy every minute of it. Do everything you want to do and take it all in. But remember that you must give an account to God for everything you do. There's going to be a consequence. There's going to be a consequence, and with common sense and discretion, we'll say, oh, let me put on the brakes for a moment here. I may be living according to emotion. I may be, may be chasing after this thing or that thing, but God, give me common sense and discretion. Help me to understand and know, God, that you have something beautiful for me, and I'll be patient. Wait for it. Now, talking about your parents, okay, listen to this. Proverbs 6.20, again, Proverbs, Book of Wisdom. Listen to this. My son, as we prepare to close, and a worship team, you could make your way up. Proverbs 6.20, my son, obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instruction. I didn't say it. It's out of God's word. And everything, listen, every instruction God gives us is for our benefit, is for our blessing. Our Father's in heaven already. Jesus is in heaven. Our, our loved ones that went on before us, they're in heaven. It's made, they got it made. You and I have to get there. And how do we get there? We get there by listening to God's word. And God has given us this instruction, giving you this instruction today so that you can get there. Obey your Father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instruction. Keep their words always in your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up, they will advise you. For their command is a lamp and their instructions, their instruction a light. Their corrective discipline is the way to life. Thank you, Jesus. Young person, 
all that God's placed around you. It's for your protection, for your blessing. Because God wants you to get, get to where he wants you to get, but he understands there's an enemy. So what does God do? God gives you his word. God gives you your parents to speak righteous things into your life. Obey. If you know what's best for you, obey their words, obey their judgment. Tie them around your neck so you never forget them. And what does the Bible say? It's going to lead you. It's going to protect you. God's good in this place. Our Father loves us. And he's speaking to us this morning about having common sense and discretion. He doesn't want your life to be destroyed. He doesn't want to see you hurt. He doesn't want to see you disappointed and, and betrayed. He doesn't want to see you living a life with the consequences of sin just resting on your shoulders, affecting your health and your mental status and your well-being. He doesn't desire to see that. But we have to obey his word. We have to obey the common sense and discretion that he's given us. And I'll close, and I just want to read our text scripture again as we prepare to close this morning. My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment, discretion. Hang on to them, for they will refresh your soul. They are like jewels on a necklace. They will keep you safe on your way, and your feet will not stumble. You can go to bed without fear, and you will lie down and sleep soundly. It's talking about the peace of God. And I want the peace of God in my life. When I go to sleep, I don't want to be worrying about this and that. I want to just know that God's taking care of it. Why? Because I'm doing my best. Not perfect, but I'm doing my best to live according to God's word, to practice common sense and discretion. And because of that, I can get up in the morning, I can go to work and be faithful. I can come home, be with my beautiful family. I can go to bed in peace. And all the rest of it, it's in God's hands. Just keep God number one in my life. When sin and temptation tries to come my way, I flee the other way. Even though you might feel that it entices you, that's why it's called temptation because it appeals, it appeals to your, your feelings and your pride and the lust of your flesh. It appeals to you. The devil knows what your bait is. He knows. No matter what, flee. Run the other way. Help your fellow man. Keep first things first. Keep God first. And all things will be able to walk into the blessings that God has for us. You received that this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Let's give God praise. Thank Him for His Word. Father, we thank You for Your Word this morning, my God. Thank You for Your promises, God. Thank You, Holy Spirit, for guiding us, for leading us into all truth, Lord God. Thank You for Your mercy and grace, Father God. We thank You for all things in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. With every head bowed, every eye closed this morning.